Why is it we humans get romanced by complexity when the answers can be found at a simple and practical level? This is the Simply Practically Human podcast, where the human manager, Mark Labasque, features experts who have a track record in humanizing workplaces, using simplicity and practicality as their go-to approach. It's all about getting back to what it is to be human and watch workplaces thrive rather than just survive. Hey there, it's Mark Labusk for the Simply Practically Human podcast. And uh, my guest today was the director of the Australian School of Etiquette, Zarif Hardy, who I met coincidentally when she listened to a podcast that I recorded with Paul Roos not long back on one of her morning walks. It's now become a ritual for her during this time of um, lockdown. So Zarif reached out via email to say she really enjoyed the podcast and I responded very quickly. To her surprise, as she said, it was so quick to come back and um, and let me know that you were appreciative of the feedback. So we had a chat last week and it really got me thinking to uh, get someone on to talk about the importance of etiquette and its relationship and role in creating a great first impression. So in our podcast today, Sarif is going to share like some super, super simple and practical tips, which I won't give away now. I want you to listen to them on how you can create a great first impression. She'll also share a little bit about how etiquette and creating first impressions are very, very much related to trust and how humans build trust between each other. And the other thing that she shared about was this whole idea of, you know, why when we should be doing things that are simple and practical, we keep going after the complex Zarif has so much energy. She works with corporates. She works with humans, not just in corporates, but all sorts of businesses. And the other thing that she's doing, which I think is incredible, is doing work now in speaking at universities and at some of our high schools and secondary schools to help our next generation to understand why it's important to create the etiquette that's going to help them to be successful as they start to move into their careers. I really enjoyed this and I know that you will Grab yourself a pen and a paper, as I always say, or your laptop, your tablet, and uh, take down some amazing learnings from Zarif Hardy. Enjoy. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the director of the Australian School of Etiquette, Zarif Hardy. Zarif, thanks for joining me. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Mark. I'm very excited. Hey, fantastic. Listen, I always start off with... um, talking about how we connected. And this is an interesting story in itself. You came across one of my podcasts. Would you like to share with, with us how uh, what, what happened from there? Sure. Well, I have a, um, a morning ritual where I go for a 40-minute power walk and I randomly pick podcasts. And yours came up on my feed and LinkedIn with a Paul Ruse. And I looked at that and thought, I'm going to listen to that this morning. That, that, that looks interesting. Anyway, I put it on and as I'm pounding the pavement and getting further into your podcast, I'm going, yes, that's so true. Absolutely. And it was really about your realness on the simple little things that I educate all of my students, clients in, but I just, I really connected with what you were speaking about, you know, that life has become very complicated, not just personally, but professionally. And I'll always say to anyone, it's those tiny little things that make such a big difference to others. And that's how I really connected with you, which made me go, I've just got to email this man and say, yay, (laughs) we're on the same page. (laughs) I love it. And the email came through and uh, I, I got curious. And as I do, I check, I go to LinkedIn and have a look and I go, hey, this person, 
person would be amazing to get onto the podcast. So, you know, in a matter of what, it's about a week and a half, I reckon, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're now podcasting and, and we're going to get into the topic today of, of etiquette and also this idea of how do you create great first impressions because we do know that humans, we have this hardwired instinct called first impressions to classify. So we're trying to work out what other people are like from the moment that we see them. So we'll get stuck into that. But before we do, I love to find out more about you as the human being. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your backstory, like where you grew up, just share a bit of that with us. I was born in Melbourne, but moved to the gorgeous Gold Coast at a very young age and basically grew up there. I have three younger brothers and our family was heavily involved in sport. And when I say heavily involved, they were I wasn't. (laughs) So I kind of grew up on a football field in a way, you know, on the sideline. My dad coached, my brothers played. I was more the theatrical. I was into drama and performance and musicals. And I really walked my own path. And And I've done that a lot in life. I think I was very lucky at a young age to work out what I liked to do. And I did more of it. I didn't kind of follow the crowd, you know, even though I was over there with the family. I also had my own stuff going on. So I spent all my life, well, not all my life, my junior life on the Gold Coast. And then um, once that finished, I took off and actually moved to Hong Kong of all places and started a career in, in fashion there for a few years. And then I came back to Sydney where I hit the ground running with my, I will call it etiquette career, where I was very lucky to start working with June Daly Watkins. Yes, and uh, obviously very, very famous name in that space. Interesting, when I saw that you were into the etiquette space, the first judgment was, I, I think you're going to know what I'm going to say, it was a book on my head, yes. my shoulders up and trying to walk along. So tell us a little bit about that. Were you doing that sort of thing early days? You're so right. It, it was very different teaching etiquette, you know, I hate to say it, 25 odd years ago. And, and it was more of a female space and it was about the wonderful things, including presentation and how we walk and talk and greet. And look, I hate to say, as much as some of that has changed, not all of it has. And I sometimes wish a little bit of it came back, not the severe formalities of being very, you know, proper and formally dressed, but those little things that were very important that Miss Daly really promoted. I mean, she was a real pioneer in that space. And, you know, I think that it's nice to have the confidence to know how to walk into a room and how to introduce yourself. Even though we're a lot more casual now, those skills are still important. And and look, I always say to a lot of my clients, unfortunately, with that word casual, we've become a bit sloppy. And that's what I think is a great shame. So it's not about being formal, book on the head, pinky up when you have a cup of tea. And I hate that etiquette is attached to those kinds of thoughts because etiquette is essentially about how we make people feel when they're with us. You know, we've become so consumed with ourselves as well. So you went from working there to creating your own business as well. So these days now, who do you work with today? What's the range of clientele that you work with? Well, I'd say about 90% of my time is now spent in the corporate space, but that's really, it's not the big high-flying finance businesses. It's more manufacturing, wholesale, automotive, companies that I feel have got maybe the sales team, even the admin team, the support staff that have just dropped the ball in their professionalism. So that ability to build trust with people we're doing business with by 
sounding professional, looking professional and behaving professionally in an authentic way that's obviously congruent with the brand of the business. So that's where I I really spend most of my time. I do do regular talks at universities on professional presence, which I was very excited to get into and quite surprised. But the beauty of being in universities is they ask lecturers to come in because it's what clients are asking. We're lacking these professional qualities in the workplace. And I do still run programs for kids and teenagers on the school holidays, which I really, really enjoy. It puts a smile on my face. They're a really great crowd to educate in this, you know, wonderful space. I love that you mentioned that, Zarif, because I watched a video after I'd done the LinkedIn looking bit. I watched the video on there and and I think you were with a school somewhere and it really, I think this is something not just from an etiquette perspective, but from a leadership perspective, the importance of maybe reacquainting some of the younger people with the importance of the sort of work that you're doing, you know, creating that first impression. Um, a lot of the work they do today in creating their impressions happens on on social channels. And some of them, I think, struggle when they end up in a face-to-face setting. So what are you trying to help the school kids with in that space? Well, I think one of the biggest shames and disappointments and, and I guess sad things about kids now is they're not role modelled a lot of the wonderful qualities that we potentially saw growing up as kids. So a lot of them go into the social sphere not knowing anything. They don't know how to look at someone in the eyes. They barely know how to introduce themselves. Shaking someone's hand is something a lot of them have never been taught how to do properly. And it's a lot of the little things that really make a big difference. And you know what? It makes them feel so confident. Kids that come up and go, Miss, I just didn't know by standing a bit taller how much better I would feel. I'm walking around the school and I'm trying to just have a bit more presence. And even subjects like grooming, you know, that attention to detail, and I call it our personal packaging, you know, our first impression is visual. It's not just what we sound like. Have we bothered to brush our hair? Have we bothered to put deodorant on and clean our teeth? You know, those little things that kids just don't realise, they are important, regardless of if you're going for a job interview at McDonald's or KPMG, you present well. Yeah, I love that. So there's that sort of work with the kids, and then you talked before about the more professional work. Organisations that are embracing this, the etiquette and, and creating better first impressions, what are the benefits that they're seeing, not just within their organisation, but maybe in their client interactions? What would you say are the, the key things that they're getting out of working with you? Probably the biggest takeaway is that when people present, speak and behave in a more professional manner, being obviously very authentic, we trust them more, we believe in them more, we build better rapport. And that ultimately builds better relationships to sell, to prosper. And that, that's been the biggest takeaway that I've received. You know, we like doing business with people that we trust, we like, and that we have good communication with. And unfortunately, when, when we become, I guess, comfortable in jobs or we've not learnt this skill set, it slips, it slides, it's not there. You know, I get many a company, I'd say one of the first things they discuss with me is our vocal presence because we can't understand some people or they start to sell dull and boring and also their visual presence. You know, staff members that go out in old jeans and T-shirts, is that looking professional? Now, it's not about suits and ties. Life is casual now, but it's about really amping that up a little bit. So that's definitely where it, it really benefits businesses. 
And they're all little things. Yeah, and this is the idea of the little things or the simple and practical things. Maybe just a little bit of the um, theory and research behind first impressions and us as human beings. You talked before just briefly about it's what we see, first of all, that appearance and then how somebody sounds and, and that sort of thing. How quickly is a human being creating their first impression of, of another human being? How quickly does that happen? Oh, Mark, it is so fast. It's all of about seven seconds. And this is what I really try to instill in people. Why do you want to get that wrong? It's such a short period of time. You know, it does matter. It really, it sets the tone for the relationship, the brand, the future of the rapport that you're building. So I'll say to anyone, get those first seven seconds right because you're three quarters of the way there. And most of us walk into a space either feeling nervous or we're so consumed in our mind of all the other things that we have to do that we don't choose to be present and we haven't turned on how we'd like to be. And, and you know, that turning that on is simple again, smiling, eye contact. Yeah, walking into that room, thanks for sharing that. I think about, there's a saying that I say to my clients because we are caught in this world of comparison as well. You can walk into a training room and if you've seen the list of who's in there, you usually look at their titles and you wonder... Oh, am I going to be as good as them? And usually we're thinking we're not going to be as good as them. Just sharing your thoughts around, I, I say comparison corrodes confidence. How can people get over that? I know that we are trying to work out who's higher in the pecking order and whatever else, but what are some things that you've shared with people that can help them get over that initial lack of confidence of walking into that room? Well, my biggest thing is preparation is always key. Preparation trumps everything. So if you are walking into a room underprepared, you're going to feel like a failure to start with. But I want to step back a bit from that. You're going to walk into rooms all the time in your career to get better and by challenging yourself. So you're going to walk into a lot of spaces going, oh, everyone here is so much smarter than me. They're better. They're whatever that self-talk might be. And if you can be prepared, then you're three quarters of the way there. Self-talk obviously comes into this in a massive way. So I'm always in my brain going, Zarif, you can do this. You've done it before. You can do it again. In fact, I quite like the gigs now where my stomach is feeling a bit, <laughs> because I know I'm stepping into a new space. And I'll say to anyone, say yes to things that may, even if it's networking, anything that are going to make you feel a bit uncomfortable because that's the only way we'll improve. But don't set the bar too high that you know you're going to fail. So even if you go networking, just meet one person, just one, walk up to one person. If you're going to make a speech, then you practice that speech for however many weeks you've been told that you've got beforehand to do it, then practice it till you almost know it off by heart. Be so prepared that you are telling yourself, I know this, I can do it. But look, other than actually stepping up and doing it, that's the only way that you will conquer those feelings and, and being prepared. Yeah, I love that point about feeling the butterflies or feeling uncomfortable. I, I like to talk to people about there's three different places you can be in. So if it's either comfortably comfortable where it's really easy and you've done it a hundred times before, you can go to the very outside of that, which is uncomfortably uncomfortable, which is maybe biting off more than you wanted to and being distressed. But that little piece in the middle, which I call comfortably yeah. uncomfortable, I think is where people will pick up that growth. So let's talk about now the simple and practical, these, these three gems that you will leave us with from all of your experience in the space of etiquette and particularly creating that great first impression. 
What would be three really simple practical tips that you could give to us to get us ready for that next situation where maybe we're feeling a bit uncomfortable? So first and foremost, it's got to be your mind. I say to everyone, pick three words. What are your three words that you want to be? So before I walk into any room, I'm going to say, I want to be fun. I want to be engaging and I want to be approachable. So once I've said my few words, what happens? I start to feel a little bit better. So that's your first thing. But beyond that, Number one is this, the great big smile on our face. Please walk into a room with a smile. And it doesn't have to be a fake one or a gigantic one, just a pleasant look on your face. We are instantly attracted to people that look like they're happy to be there, that they want to talk, that they want to engage. So a smile is winner, winner every time. (laughs) The second thing is these wonderful things above our smile, our eyes. Use them. Look at people. Look around. When someone comes up to talk or you walk up to someone, look them in the eyes. Even if it's for only those seven seconds, use your eyes. And the last one is your posture. Posture is power. When you stand tall and you have a lovely open torso, you immediately look confident and capable. And people are generally attracted to that. And that's not about arrogance. That's about being real. But Smile, eye contact, and posture. Do it. You'll win. We talked about the little things, like this whole idea that, you know, smile, use those eyes. And I love that thing about the three words. Like I've got to do a talk on Thursday with a new client. I find it, I'm finding it challenging at the moment, Zarif, doing these talks over technology where I can't see human beings at the other end. (laughs) But but that's really helped me now because I'm now, I haven't thought of my words now, but now I'm going to think about that before Thursday to go, just keep reminding yourself of that. So I I really appreciate that. Unfortunately, I think today there's something going on. Maybe we're just such a competitive species um, and we've become more competitive as we're in corporate or in business or whatever it might be. Instead of the simple things and the little things that we've talked about to do, for some reason, we human beings are trying to find the big complex thing to what's the complex thing that I can invent or do that will make me stand out what are your thoughts around why human beings uh romance by trying to do the complex stuff rather than the simple things that you've explained so beautifully to us (laughs) fantastic question I personally think and professionally that life's become so complicated and I hate to say it but due to technology we are surrounded 24 7 with news, podcasts, technology. It's just there. We wake up, we're on a screen and we never turn off from it. So our brains have almost become wired to be continuously thinking and going beyond. And I think if we just put it all away at times and just really think about, you know, how did I greet my husband this morning? Did I say hello to my kids nicely? Or when I picked them up from school or when I walked in to see a client, did I just talk to them instead of what's next? I apply that email. What am I podcasting? What am I writing down? What is my next best client? Let's build relationships. But yeah, I just think life's become too fast, way too fast. I mean, and I get on it too. <laughs> we spoke about it before we started recording. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get off that treadmill. Uh, you know, one of the beauties of that is that even someone who is a an expert in trying to help people find the simple things to do and the, and the slowing down and whatnot, you also experience this yes. as well, don't you? You experience the... Oh, my business managers forever go, stop, 
just stop. Let's just do one thing. I mean, I've, I've invented 10 other programs sometimes and I'm like, no, I, I know how hard it is to get one program <laughs> off the ground. So, no, it's it's life. I mean, I love it when you speak to, you know, your grandparents and the elderly and they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, in our day. And as much as I don't want to live back then, <laughs> there are elements of it that I think, what, you know, listening to the radio at night, <laughs> telling stories to each other, you know, anyway. It, it, it's a tricky one. It's so good. So in these times we find ourselves in at the moment, we sort of have had to slow down. Again, just thinking about what you've talked about already, if someone was to focus more in on the etiquette and, and whatnot of just using some time now in a more constructive way, they put half an hour aside. What could be something that they could do that would be useful for them to create a better impression, maybe outside of the three things you've spoken about now, but what, what could be something else they could do, do you think? You know, recommend even just the little things at the moment being if you go for a walk smile at someone maybe when you go to Coles to buy your groceries or the paper shop greet them hi good morning do those little (laughs) things I never used to walk in the morning that's something I've got out of you know isolation and I will continue to do this I get about 10 hits every morning of people just going hi good morning I feel wonderful. I start the day in such a different way. That's what I'd say to anyone, even the people you live with. Greet them. Say good morning. I was thinking that it's so different to when this all started nine weeks ago of saying hello to someone in the supermarket versus wrestling them for a a packet of toilet paper. (laughs) You are so true. (laughs) How's the, um, how how was our etiquette? What happened to our etiquette? What happened to our etiquette nine weeks ago? Any thoughts on that? It went right out the window and fear just flew in. (laughs) (laughs) I know, thank goodness. There's just things we can look back at now and hopefully we don't ever see again, but. Yeah, look, think of others, absolutely. So it was just our survival instincts kicking in in a really, really crazy way at the time, wasn't it? So everything else that we've learnt to be polite, better in person impressions, we lost all of that for a moment in time, didn't we? And we were in such times where we'd never been in them before and that just brings out the worst. No one knew what was going on and what was to be expected. It is a great shame, but at least it was short. Yes. And um, we can now move forward and, and get back to our human connections on screens, walking down the street, saying thanks to people and please and all those little niceties that make a big difference. I love it. I know you've got programs and the work you're doing in schools and universities and things like that. So what's the best place for anyone who's listening to this to find out more about Zarif? Probably the best place to go to first is the website, asoe.com.au for Australian School of Etiquette. My number is also listed on that. That's the main phone number. I love a phone call. Even if you don't want to send an email, pick up that phone and give me a call. I really enjoy talking to anyone. So go to the website, call me up, send an email, whatever suits you. But I do, I love hearing from people. And even if it's just a question about, I've got to go to an event, what do I wear? (laughs) Dress codes. You know, I I really don't mind. So um, yes, that's the best way to get us. As I'm sitting here and talking to you and we can see each other on Zoom, I'm like, make sure you're looking here in the <laughs> eye. And then every now and again, I've had to sort of make myself stir because I'm a, I'm a hunter. I hunch over and do this sort of stuff. So I'm learning as we're going. Sarif, this has been short and sharp, but it's been amazing. The things you've shared with us, I think, will help people to to understand that etiquette isn't a thing from the past. 1950s, yes. 60s, whatever it might be. This is something for today and creating a first impression and a good first impression is a really human thing to mm. do. So thank you very much for uh, coming on to the podcast. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Mark. And you have been such a dream to talk with as well. So 
keep on being real. It's great. Thank you. What an episode that was with Zarif and, uh, you know, a couple of things that I picked up from that, the smile, the importance of that smile when you walk into the room. I'm sure that you've walked into rooms where people aren't smiling and it's not like you're going to walk straight towards them and try and have a chat. You're looking for someone who is welcoming and smiling at you to do that. The use of the eyes, you know, always I'm told by my father-in-law and my wife is when we clink glasses to say cheers, eye contact is absolutely important. Something I've not been great at but trying to get better at is to make that eye contact. And that last one, and as uh, Zarif was talking to me and she started to bring up the uh, idea of stronger and better posture, I could feel myself actually lifting myself out of my seat and sitting up a bit taller because I had an expert on the other end looking at me through Zoom, seeing me sloused and hunched over my computer and my microphone. So these really, really simple and practical tips that will help you to create a much better first impression. Hey, if you liked this episode, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends. Until next time, let's keep it simple, keep it practical and keep it human. Bye for now.